You know, I like a woman whose eyes can see through my soul and cut through the bullshit. You know, she's got to have some engine grease under her fingernails. And then he says, and see the good. Yeah, that's right. And then he says, she's got to be 20% angel, 80% devil. (laughs) (laughs) And Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot's like, hey, that. That doesn't sound like me. To which Dom Toretto responds, it ain't. <laughs> Welcome to Mortified, the friendship quest podcast where two long-distance friends bounce media recommendations all in hopes the other will like it i'm aaron and i'm like sure the tunnel is right there and this week we reunite the family with fast and furious parentheses this is this is the fourth fast and the furious film gotta gotta be sure about that um before we toast the ladies we've loved and lost remember you can help us on mortified the legitimacy quest by subscribing to us on youtube itunes or spotify setting up for our monthly newsletter through the link in our show notes, or following us on Twitter and Tumblr, at MortifiedPod. Layla. <laughs> Aaron. Uh, I already cracked my corona, but <laughs> uh, we are now halfway through our tour of the Fast franchise. How are we feeling? Not quite. You don't think well- so? I oh, I guess I haven't counted. I haven't counted the fact that we've already seen seven. So yes, yeah. that's the thing. We we've seen seven already. I don't think we're going to be rewatching it. So uh, no, maybe for extra credit, but not for a separate episode. I feel pretty good. This is my second tour around the Fast franchise, and uh, I feel justified in having warned you that this is where the dip begins. Yeah, that's interesting because I think I think you're right. I think this show it hit me a little bit less hard than I wanted to. I, I definitely had less fun here than in in Tokyo Drift. Um, and I think we're gonna talk about um, why. I think this still still is like a pretty fun movie, but I, th- there are some parts where I think it stumbles. It doesn't quite uh, nail the gear shift, so to speak. Um, <laughs> so uh, without further ado, shall I try to summarize this film? Please do. So uh, wait, before you do, before you mm-hmm. do, we should give the same disclaimer we just gave. Oh yeah. Um, if our energy is a little weird, it's because we are uh, recording two episodes this week. One you are hearing now, two days after it's recorded. It's this one. One you will hear in about seven weeks when I am on the first leg of my two prong business trip. Um, so if we're a little weird, that's why. Uh, Aaron, take it away. This is the second episode we've recorded. <laughs> Uh, which is weird, but we'll figure it out. So, here's the thing. Y'all remember the family. You got your Dom Toretto, played by Vin Diesel. You got your Lady Ortiz, played by Michelle Rodriguez. They're out here doing vehicular crimes. Um, but the problem is the feds are moving in. They're going to get Dom. Oh, no. So... Dom makes the noble sacrifice. He says, all right, I'm going to leave Letty because when they, when I go down, the the everybody who's near me is also going to go down. I'm going to go to jail, and I don't want you to go to jail, my beloved wife. Um, but then Dom gets a phone call uh, that says, uh, hmm, so there's a slight problem, uh, and it is that Letty has been murdered. Now, 
you might be wondering, Aaron, why are you laughing about this? Uh, listeners, it's because we know Letty doesn't die. We've watched Fast 7, uh, and she does great a great job in that film. Um, but it is wild stakes escalation, uh, and we'll talk there about that in a bit. But uh, yeah, so now Dom and uh, Brian, uh, our Paul Walker... Um, are going to team up reluctantly because um, apparently Dom had a falling out with the family. Or no, Brian had a falling out with the family. Um, and they're going to team up to get revenge on this drug kingpin whose name is Braga, basically. Um, and basically they have to do a whole bunch of things to prove that they're good enough drivers to work for him. Then they finally do the job where they run drugs across the U.S.-Mexico border. Uh, they are betrayed by the people who... Uh, they're working for, and they realize that they have to, you know, find this guy who they thought was just the assistant, but was actually the real kingpin Braga the whole time. Um, they find him, they take him down. Uh, Dom still has to go to jail, uh, but then um, they, at the very end, they have a bunch of cool cars like roll up on the prison transport, and um, it's pretty. You know, these bars can't can't hold Vin Diesel, is all I'm saying. No, no, they cannot. No uh, prison system is stronger than family. <laughs> I think you called it family-based parole. That's which right. Which I really liked. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's the movie. Um, as you mentioned, not as unhinged as the others. Uh, my theory is that... Um, the franchise at this point is like, it feels like it's trying to figure out what the audience actually likes about it. So in Tokyo Drift, they really try to be like, is it the cars? It's not the cars. Um, and now in Fast and F- the, F- nope, Fast and Furious, the mm-hmm. Fast and the Furious is the first one. That's correct. Now in Fast and Furious, uh, they're like, is it the cop procedural? <laughs> It's, it's not, not that. It's definitely not that. <laughs> so uh, I will see what Fast Five tries um, in terms of in terms of audience retention. But uh, I would like to mention we do see Han here. Uh, so this ties Han into the greater Diesel universe um, as having run with the Toretto's before. Uh, the events of Tokyo Drift. Um, yes, so. there was a bit when they were doing the initial heist that I was like, they're just going to resurrect Han and not address it. And I think that's really funny. <laughs> um, but then it, after the end, Han is like, okay, I'm going to go to Tokyo now and see what's happening there. So you know, they're doing for... crazy shit in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. They're drifting. They don't even need to turn properly. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, I really wish that they were just like, nah, who gives a shit? Han's back. Um, which I do. I hope at some point they do. I, I'm pretty sure he gets resurrected again and then killed again. Um, but we'll uh, we'll cross that uh, bridge when we get there. Um, let's talk about our our family. Let's revisit them. How do you feel about uh, Mr. Toretto in this one? Because I feel like this is a much more Dom centered story than basically any of the other Fast films we've seen. I think it's more specific than that. It's Dom as a wife guy specifically. Uh, it's, uh, it's him just, like, being a widower, which is great. Uh, (laughs) Okay, okay, we gotta talk about Gal Gadot. (laughs) So Gal Gadot's in this movie. (laughs) Um, Sure is. Listen, we mm, are not gonna, 
actually, we are going to comment on her stance uh, regarding the IDF. We think it's bad, but um, she's in this movie for reasons but basically she's like working for the the cartel she's um, in this movie because she's hot like okay yes that's the actual answer (laughs) but like she comes on super strong to dom at like you know when he's like downstairs looking at all the cars to try to figure out which one has the special nitro that was at the crime scene where his wife was killed um and she's like oh are you one of those boys that cares more about the bodies of cars than the bodies of women? Uh, and Don is like, well, I'm a man who can appreciate a, a sexy, hard body no matter what form it's in. Uh, and then she's like, tell me about what you like in your women, Dom. A thing that all women like to say to men, I'm sure. <laughs> well, no, what she says specifically is, okay, well, now I know what you like in cars. What do you uh-huh. like in your women? Mm-hmm. Which, again, is... <laughs> Layla, how often on a first date are you like, all right, all right, buddy? <laughs> I, as, okay, as, listen, oh, as boy. somebody who grew up, um... Put it this way, uh, categorically unappealing to cis men, I have been privy as a guy's girl to some conversations about what the boys like in their girls. Oh, no. I have never heard women speak about men nearly as mechanically as men speak about women. Um, contrary to popular belief, women don't have lists. They might as a joke, but I've never seen anybody take their lists seriously. So for Gal Gadot to pop this question out, a woman didn't write that. No, obviously. I don't know that a woman has worked on any movie in this franchise, but, um... The thing that Don responds with is like, you know, I like a woman whose eyes can see through my soul and cut through the bullshit. You know, she's got to have some engine grease under her fingernails. And then he says, and see the good. That's right. And then he says, she's got to be 20% angel, 80% devil. (laughs) (laughs) And Gal Gadot. Galgado's like, hey, that that doesn't sound like me. To which Dom Toretto responds, it ain't. <laughs> Do you think Dom Toretto has done has dated some 70-30s and 60-40s in his past? <laughs> <laughs> really, got, really gotten it boiled down to the 80-20? No, like if you are at the Petco <laughs> checkout and you're like, yeah, I'll donate an extra dollar, he's like, ah, oh, you fucked up the percentage. I got it. We're, this is done. <laughs> Ah, uh, now you're now you're twenty five seventy five. I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. No, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, it's it is it is a way to characterize how sad he is about his wife to to have him turn down Gal Gadot, who you know is an attractive woman. But like, what a way to do it. <laughs> Iconic. I mean, like it's so appropriate for Dom though, because like I can't not I can't watch these movies, especially this movie. That lets you into several machinations of this fictional version of the U.S. government. I can't watch this and not be like, 
This is what I wish radicalized people, you know? Like, you hear about the deep state. I wish this is what people thought the deep state was, you know? Like, I wish that this was the pinnacle of American masculinity, was just being a sad wife guy. <laughs> yes, 100%. Like... Uh I was so worried that they were going to be like, oh, well, now that he thinks his wife is dead, he's going to hook up with lots of hotties. But, like, that, that's not the direction they took. And, like, I, you know, I do think there is place in the American ideal of masculinity to have a devoted, sad uh, man be just, like, kind of your ideal. This is what peak performance looks like sort of, sort of zone. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, pivoting to our other leading man, uh, the great... A cab Brian O'Connor. <laughs> Man, fuck Brian though. <laughs> yeah, Brian sucks. Mia, raise your standards, baby. I mean, I don't know. He apparently he dumped Mia five years ago, uh, but also enlisted Letty in in helping clear Dom's name, which is why she got killed. Um, Quote unquote. Yeah, allegedly. Um, I don't know. He does a bunch of weird cop shit. So there's a scene where he plants meth on someone, and I don't know that we can talk about it yet because it's in our talking points, but it is the wildest shit I've ever seen. I have a bad history of in games uh, where you can romance characters. I do occasionally look at the cop and go, I can fix him. Oh, no. Um, I don't think you can fix Brian O'Connor. No, I mean, what's his whole motivation in this movie? I think it, I get. I think it's just to like reconcile with the family. In which case, why did he shit on the family so many years ago? They accidentally write such a compelling case for white male privilege, where like he truly is in these systems and like does not see their incompetence doesn't see the harm they do to the point where at the end of the movie he's like i thought we signed on to do the right thing <laughs> you work in the most hostile fucking working condition i've ever seen in my life you broke a dude's nose after your co-worker pushed- assaulted you and you had to kick his ass yeah <laughs> Yeah, and then now you're like, I thought we signed out to do the right thing, sweetheart. <laughs> Dom Toretto has a great comeback, which is like, oh, do you also still leave milk and cookies out for Santa Claus, you fucking idiot? <laughs> like, like, yeah, of course they're they're not going to let him go. They're the fucking feds. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, it's truly like, this is the movie where Dom Toretto is a sad wife guy and Brian O'Connor uh, gets a new perspective on what he's been up to. <laughs> Yeah, I, I know that he does eventually leave the the FBI, which is good. Um, but like five years too late. Five years too late. Like, yeah, come on, man. You you should have been out. You should not have been in the cops as soon as you finish Fast One. One quarter mile at a time, baby. You know this. Um, I don't know. Brian is completely fine, but I don't think this is his story to tell. Um, he's just kind of there because of family reasons. Paul Walker deserved better. Uh, Paul Walker deserved better. Yes. Uh, Mia, actually, hold on. Letty Ortiz also deserved better. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez also deserved better. Do you know why she wasn't really in this movie? I was about to ask you that. Like, do we think she just wasn't available? That must have been it, right? Because that's what happened. um, (gasps) Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Layla, do you know what what, what? movie also came out in two (gasps) thousand and nine? That Michelle. 
Do you think that she couldn't make this because of Avatar? <gasps> it must have been shooting at the same time. Yes. Oh, yeah. my God. James Cameron strikes again. <laughs> Full circle, bitch. Full circle. Full mortified circle. I literally circle. have We're chills. Done. This oh is the God. last episode of our podcast. We've done it. <laughs> all my threads, all my boards are coming together. We found it. <laughs> And now Vin Diesel's gonna be an avatar. I can't believe it. Oh my god. I'm like, I'm like sweating. I'm crying. <laughs> I'm actually literally crying. Oh my god, Michelle Rodriguez couldn't have been in this movie because she was shooting avatar. Another film in which she gets killed for no reason. Incredible. Oh. Oh they my do her god. so dirty. Michelle Rodriguez should be a billionaire. <laughs> Uh, she should be a billionaire and she should step on me <laughs> while she's at it let's be real oh christ she's um, so hot she's incredibly attractive um yeah i mean she she's in a couple scenes um and she does a pretty good job in them and then she is killed <laughs> that's it it to sucks go make james cameron money I, I mean listen i hope that she cashed those blue checks all the way to the bank um but like yeah I, I wish she was in it more. I, I just haven't seen her in so long. I want to see more of her. She's great. I just, you know what, though? I think I would have made the same decision she made because where are you more likely to get resurrected? James Cameron's self-serious avatar or, well, people really liked Han, so we're going to tie him into the main storyline. That's story a good line. point. That's a good point. Although Sigourney fucking Weaver got reincarnated as a child, Navi, so who but the fuck knows? But she's a different character now, Eric. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's a good point. We gotta we gotta maintain strict <laughs> lore continuity. Oh my god. god. Oh, Stupid. Wow. Um I can't believe we cracked this live on air. I um, need uh I need whoever's styling Mia Toretto to give her some layers. Uh, her hair has no volume and bothered me the entire time. Um I, I know, I, listen, I know you listen, I know who I'm talking to, alright? Mm-hmm. I, I I know. But I kept looking at those flat bangs and that flat long hair, and I was like, they gave you a bad boyfriend, and they gave you a bad haircut, and they gave you bad hoop earrings. <sighs> she just deserves better, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Visually. Sure. Um, speaking of deserving better, again, this is where we get into Mia, um, Joanna yes. Brewster, you know. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, shoot. Sorry. I thought we were still talking about Michelle Rodriguez. Um, no, she looked beautiful. Mia Mia looked like a kindergarten teacher. She, she kind of did, huh? Shit. Um, yeah. I mean, firstly, don't fuck cops. Um, secondly, um, have higher standards, Mia. What are you doing here? There's, there's a scene, like, right before Dom and Brian go off to, like, fight the drug cartel guy and like it's expected that they're not going to come back alive uh and like she's like crying and she's upset because she like just went out to go get groceries or something uh and brian just comes in and they make out and have sex and it's like girl you don't listen i get it we've all been emotionally vulnerable and a little horny sometimes but like you don't you don't have to settle for this dude who dumped you five years ago to go work in the goddamn fbi come on yeah and if i was in mia toretto's shoes in her practical sensible kindergarten teacher sneakers 
and her wraparound dress. I would withhold that pussy until he quit. I would make him put down his badge in that moment, put him down the fucking sink drain. Ah. And then we could discuss, but a cap, baby. All cops are Brian. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, uh, they do give her one crumb, which is at the very end when they're breaking out Dom. She gets to drive like a weird Hyundai Lamborghini um, and she helps to break uh, out Dom, which is fun, but still wish wish Mia got more. Um, she does also make all three of them say grace before the big battle, which I, I think like is that. very fun. She's just like, uh, Dom... We haven't thanked the Lord yet. <laughs> he has to put down his corona. Again, she... like, these movies are sh- what should be radicalizing white Americans, right? There's such a prominent feature of Dom Toretto's blinged out cross. Yeah, like, it is, like, hanging from the rearview mirror. It is huge and jewel-encrusted. And he's holding it when they're on the Mexican yeah, it's border. Yeah, it's the thing that connects him to Letty. It's, like, his, his memento of her. And, like, it is very strange that they don't connect his, like ambiguous christianity to anything <laughs> well christianity does continue to feature in this film <laughs> so it's fucking wild that they do this twist at the end that compost who is like the the middleman that was connecting dom and brian to you to the drug cartel turned out to be the pink pin the whole time that's just fucking wild firstly it's very padme amidala of him you know what i mean mm-hmm. Listen, if you're a big uh, drug kingpin, you know, you got to have a handmaid dress as you, or in this case, a very old man in a nice suit. Um, that man must be making capital B bank. Yeah, I mean, he's like he's like the person who gets paid to eat the king's meals, the, the taste tester, right? Like, yeah. his whole deal is like, I'm going to talk to you, um, and my whole point in talking to you and, like, doing all these fake things is that, excuse me, eventually... You know, when the fucking bullets start flying, you are the person they're going to come after. I'm just going to be some guy. Uh, And that's what happens. It's very funny. Um, So, Layla, can you... Because I... You know me. You know my brand. You know the ways in which my mind has been warped by my upbringing and education. Uh So I maybe had a different read on this than you might have. But what is Campos slash Braga's motivation? Well, Aaron, uh, he wants to keep doing crime, but still get into heaven. Yes, that is my read, too. At the very end, when they're about to surround him and kidnap him, he is in a Catholic church, uh, and the priest is like, oh, hey, what's going on here? Uh, and he, Capos, <laughs> hands the priest a sack of dollar bills uh, and receives communion. Not a a duffel bag. Yeah, yeah, like a whole fucking big bag. Um, and in the Catholic Church, right, <clears throat> there, if the popes or you know, it's usually the pope has to tell you, but also, and a lot of times it's like your bishop, right? Your, the, the bishop of your diocese will say, you cannot receive communion, which is the body of Christ, the Eucharist, the, the little bread wafer. Um, and, you know, that makes you in a state of mortal sin because if you don't receive the Eucharist once a week, um, you're going to hell. Um, so it's very funny then that compost is like okay i know that the diocese technically has me excommunicated uh but if i give you this duffel bag full of cash will you let me receive communion and i just can't believe that (laughs) 
that is the motivation for this villain who fucking murdered Michelle Rodriguez uh, is that he wanted to stay out of the range of mortal sin so he did not uh, risk the flames of damnation. I think that's extremely funny and good. Yeah, uh, I and I also like that he's a little bit of a little bastard. Um, because, like, when Brian's got him in the front seat, he's like, are you sure you know where the tunnels are? Are you 100% sure you know where the tunnels are, you little rat? And Brian's like, yes, and then he knocks him with his elbow. I like that he's a little bit of a bitch. Like, that's fun for me. Yeah, he's kind of a, he's kind of a dick. He's kind of an asshole. It's, it's fine. He's, he's, he's a completely fine. That's the thing that I was kind of confused about, because I was like, why aren't they showing us more scenes with Braga? Because it's like the you know a pretty standard storytelling thing is to you know have this guy kick a dog right you have your villain kick a dog to show that he's bad, um, like we didn't we didn't like see get confirmation who of who Braga was supposed to be until like well into Act Three and then it is immediately revealed that the guy that they've actually been hanging out with Campos is Braga and it's like oh okay so I see why they I guess it's technically Act Two but uh, I see why they make this choice. Um, Actually, no, I don't. I don't know why they made this choice. I think it's so wild that they didn't introduce the villain sooner. Because <laughs> they were trying to figure out if we wanted the twisty mystery cop procedural, mm-hmm. uh, which they are not that great at producing, and we don't want. Correct. There's a whole thing that um, with like a Dom who has like this um, a rookie cop who's basically his secretary, which sucks. Um, and like she's like running fingerprints and like license plates for him, and like it is very NCIS and CIS sort of deal, and that's very boring. So yeah, I think you're right. That must have been like that's why we did the twist. Um, it was completely unnecessary. Um, but you know, Compost is still a fine villain. Um, he 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 serves his purpose. Um, I think somebody who actually becomes more of a villain is Phoenix, who is just like kind of a one of the big drivers, like a big bodyguard for Compost, who like antagonizes Dom a lot and he's the guy who ultimately uh, allegedly shot um Letty. Mm-hmm. Do you have any thoughts about him? I have two thoughts about him. One, uh do you think he was like fully bisected when he died? Like I think if Brian pulled that car out, I think he would be in two pieces. The human spine is not as strong as we would like to think it is. Yeah, I think that dude was cleft in twain. <laughs> Lethally. Um, Hamburger style. Like, that mm, That was rough. Second thought. It's not really a thought about Phoenix. I just wanted us to get to the end of the characters before I, I started talking about this. The scene in which Dom pieces together the accident is unhinged. It's some Sherlock-level bullshit. <laughs> He is, like, recreating the crime scene in his mind. (laughs) Very specifically with details he does not have. No, no, it is is incredible. Like, he sees the make and models of the cars and, like, the the outfits everybody is wearing and the guns that were fired. Based on tire tracks and uh, a little bit of uh, some special chemical that is in the Nas. Yeah, it's it's like a Nas smear or whatever. Methane something, yeah. He touches it and he suddenly knows what it is. And only one guy in all of LA sells it. And uh, Yeah. It's it's wild. Um, it is it is capital B bonkers. Um surreal to watch. Yeah. Um 
like like you said, like I think that's completely falls in line with your theory that they wanted this to be like a cop procedural, which is why he had to go to a crime scene, except it was, of course, uh, just a car accident scene. Um, but like, yeah, yeah, they make some choices in this um, that I that I think are un- unhinged. Yeah, I think I think they can transition us into our talking points, which is like uh, we both agree this one didn't work for us as well. Um, the story you wrote is a little bit convoluted. Uh, I agree. And it's not convoluted in a fun way. No, right. Like in, in Fast 7, right, they're just doing a bunch of really dumb bullshit, um, which is fine. We're like, sure, fucking whatever. God, this I can't like, wait until we get to Fast 9. Holy shit. Yeah, no, I, I cannot wait for those later films that are just where they finally hit their stride. Um, but like for, for right now. Um, it's very much just like, yeah, so you all like, you all like the cars when they, you like, you like stealth, right? You like car stealth. I don't, and they, they do a whole stealth mission out in the middle of the desert that doesn't make any sense. It is very stupid. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's very stupid. And the only reason they do it is so that the final car chase scene could happen in these tunnels. But the thing is like, it's cool and it's choreographed well, and I think it's fun. But the the fun part of Fast and Furious is the, like, big, bombastic explosions, flying cars, huge set pieces, like, everything being big, 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 big. This, like, weird capsule narrative just doesn't, doesn't hit the same, you know? No. All this stuff about, like, qualifying to, you know, be one of the drivers and then doing the actual drive and then, like, you know... You know, trying to figure out like what the the cops are doing, and, and you know, trying to stay ahead of the police, but also work with them. Like, it's all strung out in a way that I don't think works, and, and kind of gets lost in the sauce. Um, I, I think in my own writing, I tend to stick with very simple narratives, um, kind of for this exact reason. Um, like, I, I I'm a guy who who likes plot and kind of relies on plot to drive my stories. Um, you know, I, I'd love to be a character guy, but I just don't have those chops yet. Um, but like this, they, this is an example of leaning on plot in a way that I don't think is helpful to anyone. Yeah. It's just like, cause I mean, this is a character piece, right? It's characters <laughs> and explosions. We don't need plot. Precisely. Um, yeah. Um, also, um, like, like, like you were talking about, like that stealth scene, I think it is just very strange that they gave the, the police so much incredible technology at the U.S.-Mexico border. Um, the they fucking... have infrared cameras, heat detection, they have a whole complicated computer system that reads heat signatures, like, hundreds of yards away from the border. Y'all know those bitches are operating on, like, Windows 98 boxes, right? Yeah, it's like the Arizona National Guard, and they don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, it's, you can, there are just dudes walking around out there. That's your security. Yeah, like, they're, <sighs> listen, I don't know, there was a big, do you remember when there was one of the, one of the old presidents was like, we should build a wall? Um, oh, yeah, jeez, who was that? <laughs> I I can't for the life of me remember, but like. Yeah, the reason that he, he wanted to build a wall was because our border security is actually dog shit. Um, and like, listen, I don't think either of us are. I think we're both like perf- perfectly happy to have dog shit border security. But like, um, it's it's very strange that like in 2009, people were like, yeah, yeah, this is this is definitely what is protecting America from drug dealers. 
Can we talk about the wildest scene in the movie? Yeah, uh, Dwight, a man who talks about himself in third person, whose crime was teasing Brian a little bit when he lost the race, because American muscle always beats import, baby! <laughs> uh, he has a weird sex party where he's way too into feet, and uh, Brian and his cop buddies bust in on a raid and uh, plant meth on him. And then one of Brian's cop buddies, after he's been arrested... Is like, after Dwight's been arrested, is like, you know, this isn't going to stick, right? And Brian's like, it's not supposed to. And at that moment, I was like, oh my god, they did all of that just to take his spot in the race. Yeah. Which, like, I at least, I'm glad they at least set, like, established that it was to take his spot in the race. Because there was a good two minutes where I was like, Brian just did that to fuck with that guy. <laughs> yeah. And even then, do you want to know what the easier way to take his spot in the race would have been? I can name a couple. You can sabotage his car, right? You can just take the engine out. Uh, you could also, I don't know, pay him off. You could have done. You listen. You know what he likes. You could find. You could find. <laughs> Put him in a feet pit. <laughs> just a pit of feet. The FBI's feet pit that they reserve for the worst criminals, or also the nastiest, depending on their predilections. Put that man in a feet pit and ask politely and see what happens. <laughs> he just, like, he has a camcorder and everything, and he's just, he's just zooming in on the toes. And, and I was just like, why are we doing this? There's a whole 30-second sequence devoted to this guy's foot fetish. We really uh. didn't need it. We could have just had the sex party, but instead it was a weird foot sex party. I didn't like it. And then those three girls were all trying to make out with each other, as straight women often do. Uh, it's the most, like, dispassionate, oh, we're getting paid for this. Mm-hmm. Hire, some, hire some bisexuals, I beg of thee. Like, it was just, there was literally one of the girls, this is truly just the funniest bit of physicality I've ever seen. So mechanical. One of the girls, there's a girl in the middle and two girls inside of her, they're all making fun of each, making, or making out with each other, and Dwight was, like, taking video of the feet. And all I see is I'm, like, trying to, like, look at the scene at large, trying to decipher what's happening on my screen. And I look at the three girls, and they're trying to kind of all make out with each other. And then one of the girls has her hand very mechanically, not even really on the middle girl's boob, but kind of on her peck. (laughs) She's, like, giving her a quick sternal rub. (laughs) I was like... Ladies, or betittied people, people with tits, tits. We are lying if we don't all say we don't occasionally just, like, grab them and just go, nice, and then, you know, fuck off. Um, grab a titty. It's fine. It's not going to hurt you. That's been my PSA. Hire some bisexuals. Great. Excellent. Good. Um, so, our so, last talking point uh very important question we are halfway through the fast franchise mm-hmm. you know this is a franchise that does deal a lot with the mechanics and um operation of uh four-wheeled vehicles Correct. so layla uh what what have we learned about cars so far i would like to put some context to this question sure uh, we have in the past said that the fast franchise reads a little bit like a shonen it operates on shonen logic it has shonen mechanics and something we brought up in our very good episode of our sports anime sampler, uh, which if you're look if you, this is your first episode, wow, what a great recommendation to go back and listen to that episode, our sports anime sampler. Um, 
we talked about how one of the keystones of a great sports anime is dramatically breaking down the mechanics of the sport you're playing. Apparently, there's a time you can hit the Nas button too late. I learned that. Um, I've learned that shifting more equals better driving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, American muscle is always better than <laughs> I mean, if that's one lesson, if that's the only lesson you take away from the Fast franchise, I think, actually, you've, you've got it 100%. Yeah, which is funny, because I drive an import. Um, <laughs> yeah, so this franchise, despite being cars-based, is also, um, it's car vibes. Yeah, well, I mean, like, we just recorded our episode about uh, All Systems Red, and, like, kind of the same technology here. It's just kind of like, do you believe in your car enough? Like, wh- why does the NAS work? Why is there a button that lets you shoot fire out of your car? Who the fuck knows? But it, it's cool. Do you apologize to your car when you go on a really sharp downhill through some fences? That helps yes. it. I was going to say, <laughs> <laughs> Brian does say, sorry, car, at one point, and I was like, God, <laughs> that is a mood, ain't it? Which, like, don't be a little bitch. Name your car. Give it a name, goddammit. Have I ever told you what my car's name is? I feel like you have. I've been in your car, so I feel like... Gosh, shit, you have been in my car. Yeah, his name is Garrus Varkarian because he's blue, awkwardly yes. shaped, and full of justice, and it's me, I'm the justice. <laughs> Great. Excellent. That's, that's my pitch. Um, yeah, name your car, you little bitch. Don't be a coward. Sorry, car. I don't... Call him Dave or something. I don't name my car, um... Because I I hurt it too badly and I, and I don't want I don't want to hurt it and I feel very bad. Oh. Maybe you should name it and apologize. Perhaps um, I shall. Yeah. So I don't think I've learned a damn thing about operating a motor vehicle. No, me either. It's it's a shame. I hope that they they teach us how to drive in future installations. We'll check in again at nine. We'll see see if we picked up anything. Oh, I'm sure we'll pick up quite a few things. Um, so Layla, for our marketing minute, uh-huh. um, this is a fundamentally a story about revenge, about sure. getting revenge for your dead wife's murder. Correct. Um, very similar to uh, a Kill Bill or a, um, what's the other one with Keanu Reeves? Uh, John Wick. John Wick, thank you. Um, how would you make a revenge, what's your best revenge plot story um, that, that you've got going? I want you to, I want you to, I want you to not be a coward, and I want you to pitch yours first. Uh, you mean the one where I'm like, oh, you know, maybe me and Letty should no, team up and no, shut up, coward, <laughs> coward, coward, coward. I don't, I didn't want to do it because I don't want to bring up Kingdom coward! Hearts every episode. <laughs> okay, so what if <laughs> in Kingdom Hearts Five, <laughs> um, Mickey Mouse gets assassinated? Which, like, listen. Me and Layla would be very happy if Mickey Mouse was assassinated. Um, but in the franchise, they wouldn't let that happen. But Mickey gets killed. And Sora, Donald, and Goofy are like, this new person. They took the king from us. I've never... I've never... I don't know how to do the Goofy voice, but he'd be like, Gosh, Sora, I, uh... I'm just filled with so... I can't do the Goofy voice. My Goofy hey, sucks. You go to Mickey. You go straight to Mickey. I, it's only Mickey. I can only do really the Mickey voice. Really commit It's long. Gorsh, commit to Sora. Gorsh. I just... I'm filled with rage. This is nothing. It um, goes to Mickey again. Yeah, sorry. It's just Mickey. It, Mickey's ghost is like... <laughs> fellas, 
Fellas, you gotta, you gotta revenge. There's blood on my hands. You don't let my death be in vain. Um, and they're like, there's only one person who I can think of who would be bad enough and evil enough to think of who could have killed Mickey Mouse. We have to team up with Xehanort. (laughs) 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 And they they come upon, like, an old retired Xehanort who is, like, (laughs) sitting with um, fucking Ericus, like, playing fucking shitty space chess. Um, And they're like, hmm... Yeah, I can I can hook you up with the people you need. And it's just like fucking um who's the the shittiest who are the shittiest people in Org 13? It's um all the ones whose names we don't remember. Yes, who's the guy who is half of Ventus? Vanitas. Vanitas, thank you. I was going to say uh the monster's ink guy throws him in the trash. Um <laughs> Vanitas has to they they Vanitas and maybe um Zemnis and who's another shitty person? Maybe Demix is the comic relief. They all have to hire them on and they have a cool uh threat and it turns out that the threat is actually Bugs Bunny. Um because of course, you know, they can't have another Disney character. They have to to have to hire um somebody. It's like yeah, a, this a is who some framed corporate Roger warfare meta. Yeah. Yeah, I'm mean, listen. Fucking Warner Brothers would be down. They are deep in the metaverse at this point. Um, I'm like, I think Who Framed Roger Rabbit had both Warner Brothers and Disney characters in it, so I think they'd, you know, it would take some doing, but I bet they could get a Bugs Bunny being a uh, being a psycho, not psycho, but like telekinetic um, mind murderer. Uh, and I think I would love to watch Sora fight Bugs Bunny with the uh, Keyblades. Yeah, I agree. Um, I want, uh, in a similar vein, I want the Aqua revenge story where it's actually her that killed Mickey Mouse for leaving her in turbo hell for 10 years. <laughs> yes, that's actually the best. <laughs> and you get to do it. You get to strangle the life out of that mouse with Aqua <laughs> using, um, reaction commands. Yep, there you go. Press triangle to crush his trachea. <laughs> that's my pitch. It's very good. Um... We love we love revenge stories. Um, Layla, when we are not imagining new and inventive ways to murder Mickey Mouse, <laughs> uh, where can we be found on the internet? You can find me at L-E-Y-L-S-E-S on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram. I'm trying to work on my webcomic. I just wrote an essay about uh, Ace Attorney, why I won't play it, and queer reading modes. Um, it's more interesting and funnier than it sounds. Uh, and then you can soon, as in in the next couple of weeks, find me and Marty on our new podcast, Sit Boy, where we rewatch Inuyasha, uh, all filler, all movies, all everything, and no Yashahime. So come join us. You can follow me on Twitter at AaronSXO, where I tweet about tabletop RPGs, health policy, and writing. Uh, you can follow me uh, on YouTube at a a Voight, where I review tabletop RPGs and uh, talk about them also uh i do another podcast that's at the bible boys where me and my friends michael and josh um who are siblings and they are ex-evangelicals i'm an ex-catholic we talk about um christian media we either praise or condemn it or in uh, the case of this week we play the fifth edition adventurer's guide to the bible um and we'll uh we'll have our ocs hang out with jesus <laughs> um, which will be a fun time uh check that out I also just got a story in print in the Broken Plate magazine. It's called Onward Christian Soldiers. It's about uh, an angel killing um, uh, the Confederate General uh, Thomas Jackson. And I will put that uh, story up on my website at the end of the month. Um, So you should check it out there. Our theme song is Obsolete by Keshko from the album Filmmakers Reference Kit Volume 2. You can find more of their music at keshko.bandcamp.com. Layla, 
How do we want to close this one out? Oh, I don't care. How's my ass look, Chia Pet? (laughs) 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 We'll see you all next week. Wow, I can't believe I got you. I forgot about that one. (laughs)